This is the best of The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Catch them weekdays for the all-new Hyundai Kona. Welcome back to the best of The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Tomato Gate, where do you stand there? How do you get rid of headaches? And what is Brown Friday? I've got a bit of an A-grade. I saw a neighbour across the road. They're doing some renovations. Actually, it's not across the road. It's further down. And an old, an elderly lady, because they'd missed the rubbish. Yeah. The rubbish had gone. And so she just threw a bit of cardboard. He's, the neighbour is doing construction. They've got a big uh, skip, bin? skip bin out the front. Yeah. And this elderly lady yeah. threw in, um, I think it was a vacuum box. She must have got a, a new Johnny Dyson yep. vacuum cordless. And she threw that in there, folded it up nice and neat. He picked it up and threw it out and says, put it in your own bins. He's not an illegal dumping fan? Well, he's got a big, a big skip bin. It's huge. Yeah, and if, if, she's, if she's gone to the effort of folding it down, she's a neighbour, that's going to weigh nothing, right? That's going to take up no space. Is, is this bloke an A-grader or is she an A-grader? Listeners, uh, hit me. 0457736736. Uh, Who's the A-grade here? I th- does she have to ask? I think well, he's paying for it. Yeah, I understand. But that. she's elderly. It's cardboard. It's not a huge light. He put, probably could put it on the bottom of it. And he knew it was her. He, she, he caught her in the act. I was, I witnessed the whole was thing. Was he trying to be cheeky no, about the whole no, thing? No, no, no. She must live next door. Ooh. I was going to say something, but it's none of my business. Mm. Is it rude? This is another thing, right? Um, is it rude to if you see someone at the front of their house? Is it rude, just asking for a friend, to ask them, I'm in the neighbourhood, have you ever thought about selling? No. Are you allowed to ask them that? Of course you are. Yeah. Why, did you get an offer? Oh, no, 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 other way around. Um, oh, you wanted to offer? Well, just, just scoping out a couple of things. Yeah, knock on the door. Just scope, I didn't knock on the door. Oh, you just bailed oh, them up? I was dropping one of the kids off to school. Were you dropping the kids off sh- or you were dropping a carload of uh, Chinese people? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I tell you After yesterday, a lot of uh, listeners slid into the DM. Said I was getting hammered this morning on the Vossi show, Vossi yeah. and Brandy show for, for picking up people. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Blue Emu said she's an A grade, and then six, four six five said he is for sure, and then Jason said they're both A graders. Yeah. So that's what. That's... But uh, what would you do, if the elderly lady? She's just doing her best. But you know what? You let it go. No, but hang on, hang on, hang on. There's more to this. You don't know their relationship. If they're blowing. If there's been, if she's complained about him about other things, if there's been, so that's where you've got to factor in. Some okay, let's on. just say there's no history between them. She mm. just put the, the, uh, yeah. it's a good way to Dyson. do it. No history. Just go in straight. What's wrong? What's right? Inc- incognito mode. No history. Because then it's like two wrongs making a right if you're going, oh, you don't know what happened in the past. Because mm, as I've I said before, just... I've got no problem with doing council bins. We pay council rates. Stay yeah. in your LGA, yeah. as Gladys would say. But, is um, this in your LGA, this area? Yeah, this area is my LGA. I yeah. don't go outside my LGA. No. For, well, I did downstairs, <laughs> but it's my work. Yeah. And I pay rates here. Yeah, that's right. I do. That's right. That's okay. Dropping it in your own rates. Yes. But no prawn heads. No, no, no. Prawn no. heads, any seafood must stay in your own bin. Do you, do you spray your bin every time you bring it in? I, uh, I did it today. Mm. So what I do is I get some disinfectant. Yep. Uh, the Pino Clean. Yes. In a hot bucket of water, two bottles, pour it in. Let it sit in there for five to seven minutes. Yep. Then give it a big shake. Then throw it in the gutter, which goes in the stormwaters, which goes in the Centennial Park, which kills all the turtles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh... 
I didn't get to the. Um, we didn't chat about your boys' weekend. It was very good. Good to catch up with your old schoolmates. We do it once a year. Went to Catho. Some interesting conversation. I think mm. you hold in all your little, uh, your little, uh, what's inside your head because you can't talk to people. You've got your good group of mates, so you ask, yeah, start asking some I questions. Was, I was earwigging. You and um, Joel were talking. Can we talk about we, that? We can. Yeah, yeah, so you threw it out there saying... Cause you no, got... it was one of the other guys. Okay. But yeah. but listen, so let's just let's peel back the curtain again. So we were having lunch today. Thank you very much, Sugar. Yes, thanks, Sugar. Now, well, shout out to the, a shout-out to the team over at Vispo who, who listen to the program. And we quite often go over there. They've got these beautiful chicken sandwiches, mm. uh, Pete Morrow and the team. And sadly, the building's been renovated and a new building, so they, they've got to move premise. Yep. And they do the most wonderful lunches, don't they? They're With very nice good. Steak that's so a shout out to the team over there at Visbo. Visbo, hi Thank Visbo. you for being so accommodating. Anyway, we're at, having lunch, and then Brooksy came up with a question with his mates discussing about how often they got randy with their partners. Interesting facts. Yeah, Brooks. There was some. What did you um, say, by the way? What was your answer? Uh, I think I was average, which is I think it was once uh, a week, in between once and twice a week. Do you know anyone who's doing it seven days a week? What the best? The guy that was flying of the group of said group was around the three a week mark, and was at, it at a minimum new relationship. No, the longest of us all, back Ooh. from yeah, year ten. So we graduated ninety nine. He's been going out since ninety seven. They started uh, dating. They've been married, three kids, and they're doing it three times a week in twenty twenty three. At you- minimum. Wow, any apparatuses they bring in? He's fit. Is any, um, are they bringing any uh, love oh, honeys? Like a bit of Lego and uh, oh, no, I don't think so. I think it's just El Natural. Okay, what brought this subject up? I think one of the guys was sort of just wanted to know where he sat. We were talking about different things, how we fall asleep on the couch at night, which mm-hmm. uh, pees off the partner. Um, and then we sort of got into that next conversation. Did you How dis- often? did you discuss anything about uh, sort of any medication you're all taking? No, yeah, that wasn't brought up. We didn't go down that path and mm. show hands or anything like that. But no, we. What was the the thing? Yeah, there was one guy who was averaging about three or four a year. Wow! But he's but the. The run rate has significantly increased. He's going two, three a week now. Wow. What's happened Big there? Big turn of events. Yeah, that's right. a massive turn. Yeah, so I don't know. We, the data's changed quite a mm. bit, as you can tell. But, um, yeah, three a week, that was our, our um, clubhouse leader. I'd love a sexologist to come in and share all the data and facts they got on yeah. everything. I'd be fascinated by that. Why don't we get John from MAFS? He's a relationship man. Yeah, let's get him in. Hey, uh, boys, A-grade, delay grade again. This is from, hey, Fletch, who's the A-grade? If I've done the toll relief for my mum, but her payments are much, much more than mine, should I tax her for doing it? No. Jeez, the headless horse head in bed. <laughs> no, headless. No? H-H-I-B, no way. But he's showing his mum. His mum was didn't know anything about Who it. Who cares? He didn't know anything about it. Do we get this like a pyramid screen, the, the aeroplane thing? You know what you should do? What about if you... If, okay, put it this way. If I came up to you, you didn't know anything about this, and I said, if you give me $200, yep. I guarantee you I'll give you $1,500. Yep. Would you do it? Yep. Sorry, $1,300. Yes. Would you do it? Yep. Well, there you go. Yep. So we should be... That's what he's done. Mm. That's what the, the headless horse head. Yeah. 
It's his mum, though. Yeah, but maybe we don't know the relationship. <laughs> That's right. That would be a great guest on the text line. Oh, the top one. Dylan Alcott's missus. Are, are they still together? Yeah. Are you sure? Three times a week. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't think... Just read that. I don't think they're together still. At one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Just before we get to the calls, a bit of a potty push. Philadelphia Eagles have defeated the Chiefs. So the podcast, Brian, which I'm trying to get you into, is New Heights. Yes. And the Kelsey boys, who you will, you will warm to, very knockabout, humble sort of guys. They interviewed Jordan Mylata. Here's what he had to say as a snippet from the Potty Push podcast. So Jordan Mylata was born and has lived in Australia. Only country outside of coming to the United States. Yes. Accurately saying this. Yes. Oh, okay. But is that. not an Australian citizen. Right. Because Australia does not have naturalized citizenship. So you born and grew up there for the first 20 years of your life. And yes. you still are not Australian. Yep. The only citizenship you have in the world is New Zealand because one of your parents is a New Zealander. Yes. A New Zealand citizen. So I got it by descent. Yeah. My parents are New Zealand citizens. Yes. But yeah, all that is true. <clears throat> so wow. technically, technically so speaking, that's, I'm a Kiwi, that's crazy. but I identify as an Aussie. So. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's all I knew. It's all I knew. So it's like, help me out here. Yeah, it's, you've got to have a listen, Brian. They'll okay. They will get you. They're very, what, very What is likeable. it about them, though? What, what do you like about I, them? I like about there's no fluff about it. They have a lot of fun. They're, they're just real people. The fame hasn't got to their heads. Okay. Jordan Mylata is also quite infectious. He's an unbelievable singer. So the Philadelphia Eagles are releasing a Christmas album, and he's like the gun singer. Yeah. He's on Ray Hadley's album, too. He's going to do a bit of country. Well, he was the masked singer yes, over there yes. in, in America. Well, can you see now why Taylor Swift has fallen for him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah actually, when you get to know this Travis, he becomes a, a better-looking bloke, if you know what I mean. You can tell... He'd be a great catch. Okay. You can tell that. Pardon the pun. After yeah. listening to the potty, I was like, don't spend all this money on Tom Brady and getting him to Vegas. Get the boys to do 100%. a show there and yep. do some sort of connection with the NFL and yep. NRL. Like them, what the the way they asked the questions about rugby league, like they 100%. knew that there were Jason was the one that was across everything. He yep. knew there was a difference. Obviously speaking to Jordan in the Eagles yeah. sheds, like getting to know him because he did mention that he was one of the best guys that sort of assimilated him into NFL life. It's like these guys have got to be there in Vegas for that double header. No but, doubt. But if you've got a chance to get Tom Brady. Welcome to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. This was a busy, busy, fun show. Uh, Fletch dumpster antics and his conundrum. We spoke about that. How many times a week, if you know what I'm talking about, is... A fair amount of time. Some people exaggerate in this department. And a potty push. The Kelsey brothers who went head-to-head in the Super Bowl rematch. New Heights, the podcast. We spoke about that as well. Sparty, you been down to uh, our pie shop lately? Yeah, I went there the other day. I yeah. got out of a lane. I got out of a lane. I went funky. Got the one with the, with the uh, tomato in it and burnt the top of my mouth. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then wash it, wash it down with a jam donut. Nah. With any, what, what I found were they, the jam donuts where they've actually injected both sides of the donut. Because sometimes they only go one, and it only goes probably one eight through the middle. But when you get double penetrated either side, <laughs> DP. when you get DP'd on yeah. either side with the jam needles, yeah. oh, 
Stop the fight. Yeah. Sparty, stop the fight. By the way, um, and many people will agree with this, this is heavy summer content, but pineapples and tomatoes, cold only, thank you. They should never be hot items. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. It's breakfast. the run home with Joel and Fletch. What? English breakfast. Roasted tomatoes, you're off your head. Nah, it's the run home with Joel and Fletch. Yeah, welcome back to the run hour with Joel and Fletch. The trade hour, thanks to AMS Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. Looking forward to Shawnee Omrod, not too far around the corner. Chris Orr, who the founder of Pacific Sports Management and was the manager of Jordan Mylata, whose Eagles have just won over the reigning champs, the Chiefs, and star jockey, champion jockey, James McDonald, who was the jockey of the spring. We're going to catch up with him a little bit later in the program as well. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Um Mystery Man says, Shug, you're officially a Swifty. Uh, your daughter should be so proud, mate. I actually, I don't really care for Taylor Swift, to be honest. She doesn't get me. But these boys are good characters. Uh, good characters, that's for sure. G'day, Sugar and Fletch. Tomatoes are both a fruit and a vegetable. It's entirely reasonable to eat tomatoes. Heated, says Bob. Yeah, I'm with you, Bob. Off your head, Sugar. Have to have cooked tomato with a big breakfast and pineapple on a pizza with anchovies, pepperoni, mushrooms. Yum, says Palms Redmond. What about when you throw a, like the tin of tomatoes in your spaghetti bowl? I don't mind that. Well, there you go. Yeah. Contradiction Kane, I call him. <laughs> it's a run home with CC. Joel and Contradiction Kane. I'm breaking back with more. Welcome back to the run home with Joel and Fletch. We're on YouTube now, so search Joel and Fletch and subscribe. It's a run home with Joel and Fletch. All thanks to Hyundai, the Hyundai Kona N-Line. Imagine to be bold. But time to make it look easy with our man from Sportsbet, the aficionado named Shawnee Omrod, the coal miner. Hello, Shawnee. Joel Kane, I'm with you with the... Uh... The warm pineapple. Um, yep. I can't be with you with the tomatoes, though. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Don't you just love it? You can't beat like a really good fried tomato for breakfast, Fletch. You really can't yeah, I'm, beat it. Yeah, I'm with you. Mate, tomatoes at its absolute Colin best, Bradman best, made of mine cane best, whatever you like, when it's on a bit of toast, yep. doused in butter, yep. thinly cut, cold from the fridge, salt and pepper on top. No further questions, Your Honour. That's honor. fantastic. I like that. But what about this? What about some bread, some butter, some crispy bacon, some eggs that are just slightly runny with a hot roasted Roma tomato with pepper and salt and then a little bit of Worcestershire sauce on it? So you think the the tomato in its pure form, (laughs) it's at its best in that format? No, I'm saying hot and cold, I could go either way. But when is it at its best? For me, what I just said. The old big English breakfast. Where do you stand here, Cole Miner? You know what? I don't know what it's called, but if you go to like a really nice Italian restaurant, it's like a it's it's almost like a minced tomato on a nice bit of sort of um, toasted sourdough. Bruschetta. Can't yeah. beat it. Bruschetta. What do you mean? Form, you don't know what it's, it's called. It's a form of bruschetta, but it's more oh, a form of, a, of bruschetta. It's more like a mince. Yeah, well, tomato is very versatile. It is very versatile. versatile. Um, I like that. What you're what you're doing. Yep. Um, I just like it in a caprese salad. Yes. You know, a little bit of basil, mm. salt and pepper. Salt yep. and pepper and olive oil are the key for the tomato. But caprese salad, again, is cold, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, if that's the best type of cheese, so the white of the cheese. Burrata. That's the healthier cheese. Okay. Yes. Well, Anyway, uh, Shawnee, what do you got? Well, hang on. Time? Before we get into this, before oh. we get into this, I just got a text coming through. This is the Central Coast Tiger. Fletch, a side note, for the Christmas prawn heads, just flush the buggers down the toilet. Boom, gone, no smell. Which brings me on to this. So this is an American article that came across my desk, and it's directed at you, all you plumbers, especially you, Dunny. Stop overcharging us. Um, 
What about this? So for many plumbing companies, Brown Friday, this is in America, marks the busiest day of the year, averaging 50% more calls than the average Friday. So it's after Thanksgiving. <laughs> so when Thanksgiving weekend happens, which is coming up this weekend, 21% are more calls for service than the average Thursday to Sunday period. Often the case is that a house already has partially clogged drains that go unnoticed <laughs> until Friday, until holiday guests arrive and they overwhelm the system. Yes. So plumbers, just they're just sitting back. Waiting for Brown. They're watching the NFL and they're just waiting for Brown. What's, so you've got Black what's Friday. it called? Brown Friday. Brown Friday. Because <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving's on Thursday. <laughs> Rather than Black Friday, you've got Brown Friday. I'm sure plumbers... It's like Boxing Day. Boxing Day at my joint. Very similar scenes. Yeah. Bo- boxing Day. <laughs> boxing Day. <laughs> but you do, you do tend to... And that, that's, that's right, because you get more guests coming over. You get the crazy yeah. aunties, the uncles, the kids putting stuff down the brazo. Yep. And then uh, the roots, see, the roots get into the old Joseph. earthenware pipe. Yes. Plastic pipe, fine. Yep. Earthenware, roots get in looking for water. They get in little yep. and they grow. From little things, big things big grow. Big things grow. And, yeah. the, and the big cables can't get down. <laughs> you know what the worst is? People putting wet wipes down the brazo. Cause they yeah, don't... because they've mm. been caught out without having toilet paper there. They've had to improvise. They've no, gone the wet wipes. Some people down. don't give a shit. I'd say give a shit. They don't give a shit because what they're doing, because it's easier on the backside, yeah. they don't care about what's further down the oh. system. So they go, oh, this is good. I've seen it. I've seen it, but, but I'm not happy with it. Have you seen it? When I was in the industry. Oh, I thought you were watching. With the prawn heads. Does yeah. that play on? Well, not, no. You can't be doing <laughs> the, that. The prawn heads is not play on. You can't be no. But they're just going back to where they come from, ultimately. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not gonna, the prawn heads aren't going to get in because they'll get caught on the roots. They'll they? get caught on the, on the wet wipes and also the little white mouse. You know what I'm saying? Oh. The ladies, cemeteries. Oh. Can't be throwing them down the brazo either. No. Wrap them up. Put no. them in the bin. Yes. Or put them in the sinkerator. In sinkerator. Prawn heads. Things can't go to, or throw them in your neighbour's bin. <laughs> Sorry, Shawnee, I just had to get this. Is there, uh, no, is there a general rule with what can go down there, Fletch? Like, I'm, I'm enjoying this plumber chat, by the way. Like, is it, you know, is there a certain rule of what can and can't go down? Have you got a rhyme for us? No, just toilet paper, paper, anything that will break down, because okay. you can't be throwing. The worst are sanitary pads and wet wipes and paper towels. Can't be throwing them down mm. the brazo. No. And as Western Sydney makes a good point here, apparently the uh, the tomato is not a good friend to gout. The, no, because it attacks the uric. Awful yes. friend. Awful friend Awful of gout. Awful friend. Yeah. 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 Gout's no good. But you, there's pills you can take now for gout that just gets rid of it in 24 hours. Wow. Did you see, did you read the other day about a, a bit of a hack for people with headaches? They reckon if you've got a blasting headache, turn the bath on, put your sit in there and just put your feet only in it. Apparently the headache goes like that. I don't believe that. You don't believe that? Well, I've heard you've got a Hillary. <laughs> if you have a Hillary, your headache goes. Really? Worse. Yep. Worse. Nope. Worse? Yeah, it's worse. Worse. It's not. 100%. Builds the pressure. Mm. No, no, no. Hillary, headache gone. Yeah. That should be... Hillary. That should be uh, Nurofen's new... Hillstorm, right? Thomas. <laughs> Builds yes, the pressure, uh, does it, tourists? What, uh, a headache in what head? What are we talking about? <laughs> oh, no. He's got you... He's dragged you down, nah, Shawnee. I've got one for you. Watch this. So yeah. on your palm, yep. if you get a headache, in yep. there. Oh. Just massage the hand in there. Yeah. Give, go. You give like a thing, Shawnee. I'm just going to wait here. It's a little pressure point. Oh, Fletch. Yeah, oh. give a, the listener a bit of a verbal. I say, listener, on your, on your, put your hand out flat, like wide, as wide as you can, and it's the thumb area, that 
line that goes the three, around. The three-point line. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like a... Or a goalie it's, line. It's yeah. where you check. Get in there. Where you check how your steak's cooked. Is it? It's a bit yes. medium rare sort of. Correct. Of yeah. yeah, and then you just press on disco, it. Disco, Dave, doing it. In the Good studio. on you, Disco. Well done, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we've yep. got, which one? <laughs> For the listeners, we've got the uh, return screen with Disco, Dave, down there in Melbourne. Here he is, got his hands up, yeah. trying to find. So the if you ever get line. a headache, just get <laughs> jam it in there, and it's a pressure point. It's an old, uh, it's an old Chinese medicine. It's also one on your on your plates of meat as well. Yes. Bottom, bottom of your feet. Okay. I like anyway, that. sorry, Sean. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Uh, on this particular program, we were watching the Super Bowl rematch, which was the Chiefs taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. An Australian featured in it, Jordan Mylata. Well, his manager uh, to get him to the NFL was a man called Chris Orr, and he joined the run home with Joel and Fletch. And uh, a man who was part of that victory was Jordan Mylata. Now, how did he end in the NFL? Well, a man who was knowing all about this intimately at the time, he was the manager of Jordan Mylata as he embarked upon an NRL career. There was a transition to the NFL, and this man played a major, major hand in this. His name's Chris Orr from Pacific Sports Management. Welcome to the run home, Chris. How are you, mate? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. Did you catch the game this morning? I didn't, mate. I'm, I'm actually on holidays. <laughs> oh, sorry to bother you. <laughs> tell us the story, though. It's a fascinating tale where this bloke, I mean, you can tell us. Was he going to make it in the National Rugby League? Was he not? Did he have to make the move? How did that all play out, Chris? Yeah, look, um, one of my agents had an opportunity to um, look into the NRL for him. At that stage, the sheer size of Jordan, 160-odd kilos and six foot eight with the new rule changes and so forth, it was just going to be very difficult to continue in the game. So we looked outside the, the box and through my network of contacts, we, we had an opportunity to fly him over to LA and get tested in the interval pathways. And um, they tell me later about three seconds to sum him up and said, yeah, he's in the program. So, And Chris, how long did he, how long before he got over there, before he picked the game up. Yeah, so from that one-off test, we ended up bringing him back here to Australia for about a couple of months of testing and uh, training. Um, but he arrived at IMG Academy back in January, and then for three consecutive months, it was very intense training every day, IMG Academy, teaching him the game, getting him to understand, and, and, and actually educating him how to play the left tackle role. Wow. And has, has anyone ever done this? Not, I mean, obviously, not just from Australia. Has anyone picked the game up this quick when they haven't grown up with, with American football? Well, not that I can, not that I can uh, recall. My investigations have shown that he's probably one off. I think he's the f- only player to never have had a, had a touchdown or, sorry, a, a, one play in any game before being drafted in the NFL. I think there was another gentleman from Germany who played in the German league who was yeah. drafted, but obviously Jordan had never played any uh, minutes in any game before being drafted. You, you hear him now, and he, he's, he's a great singer, and he's obviously a very confident person now, maybe not so back then, but when you look back on him as a youngster, Chris, was he? did he have a different look in his eye? Like, Did you feel as though there was a champion kid behind him or was he just a regular kid and you were quite surprised as to how his journey played out 
Look, I think he uh, had a lot of setbacks in those first early years with the, the intense training and, the, and the, the, it took a toll on his back. But um, from the moment I met him, uh, he's got a great personality, a larger-than-life personality, and I think he's quite intelligent young man and I think he was always destined to do something. I mean, he um, landed in a foreign, foreign uh, country um, completely new to a whole new sport and within four to five years he's um, turning himself into a highly uh, valuable member of the Philadelphia Eagles playing in the Super Bowl. It's, it's, a, it's a story that someone like Russell Crowe would take and put on the movies, I reckon. Wow. Cinderella story. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chris, what about coming the other way? I mean, the, the NRL are, are talking about having an NRL combine over there in um, America. I was just saying to the boys, in about 1994, Gus brought these two college students over. They were some unbelievable athletes, sprinting, you know, doing cone work and doing all that sort of um, stuff. But when it came to game now, so they, they struggled. Do you think there's any way in the next, say, 10 years we'll see a player who's played NFL come and play NRL. So it wasn't the cone work that got. Sorry, him. I don't mean the. I don't mean the cone work like having a hot. Witches hat, witches hats, Dunny. Before you text in, Dunny, witches hats. Exactly. No, I think they're uh, extremely talented, very focused athletes. I mean, you're, the fifteen thousand football college kids a year that finish uh, in college after four years of basically training and acting and playing like professionals. I mean, they're playing in front of 50 to 100,000 people. They're training in state-of-the-art facilities. They're being coached. Um, now, coming to play our code, there are, I think there'd be specific sort of players. We wouldn't be looking for players out, you know, inside our spine. No different. The NFL aren't looking for quarterbacks. We'd be looking at someone who's like wide receivers, corners, punt returners, Big running backs or big fullbacks or tight ends, people that can play back row, front row, center, or wing, in my right. opinion. And but I was going to ask you this, Chris. We, sorry, mate. You, you yeah. Well, the difference is Jordan, when he arrived there, he had to do a specific drill over and over again. But he had to, he had to learn from training. He didn't get a chance until the big time that he, you know, got thrown into the game to learn. At least with our, if we were to bring uh, Americans here, we have an opportunity to to blood him and, and educate him in the lower-tier games so we could bring him through a lot slower. What about, um, with the success of Jordan, have you had much contact with teams over there saying, look, we'll fly out and, and watch? Have you got, have you got any big kids who are interested in playing NFL? Was there much, much of that? Well, before COVID, um, we assisted the NFL run the NFL International Combine. And we put uh, satellite combines across Fiji, Samoa, um, Tonga, New Zealand and Australia and quite successfully uh, showcased the number of players to the NFL to go on the Pathways program. Um, I think you know now that COVID's finished and there's an opportunity, I think the NFL would be mad not to look down uh, mm. in New Zealand and Australia for quality athletes. Well, Samoa is the... Um, most represented per capita in the yeah. NFL country. So there's, there's certainly opportunities, no doubt about that. Uh, what position do you feel in the main if there was a, an, another Australian? I know that Jordan's quite the outlier, but if there was another Australian to crack the NFL in a major way, what what position would would it be most likely from from an NRL point of view? 
NRL heading again to the NFL? Yes, yes. Uh, look, there's a you know, the likes of the Payne Hasses and the I mean Valentine Holmes, um, his uh, opportunities and, and his training uh, um, videos and and testing in those three games. I mean, he showcased that he's got something. Um, I think any of our outside backs or any of our middle forwards could, um, you know, if given the opportunity and the and the right. Training could uh, yeah, showcase very well in the NFL. Chatting with uh, Chris Orr, who's a um, major part of Pacific Sports Management. Now, Chris, just on the, the whole idea and plan of attack for the National Rugby League to head to Vegas next year, what's your general views about all of that? Look, I think it's great. I mean, I think that um, us opening the American market uh, to the NRL is, is a great initiative. Um and I think if we're to get the Americans buying in on us, then having Americans playing our code it would be number one. And, you know, this combine, I mean, again, the combine is something the Americans are used to as a recruitment tool. They identify with it. They understand it. So putting that into play would be a great idea from the great initiative. Hey, Chris, so you don't um, manage Jordan, like, up, up until then? Like, could you not... Um, look after him, represent him over in the NFL? Uh, we definitely, but COVID come into play. So NFL agents obviously have a different contracts and different opportunities. And, yeah. um, you know, Jordan's last contract was done by an NFL US-based agent. Right. And, but and we have got o- um, the aspirations to continue to grow PSM into that market. Yeah. What What's the... How does it work over there? Can you can you have as many players as you want? Like if you were over in the in the NFL, is there any sort of regulation about how many players are on your books? I don't believe so. I think it's down no. to how many you can you can manage at a time. I mean, some of the biggest agencies over there, CAA, and then they've got quite a lot of uh, clients on their books. But um, yeah, I think it's just down to the agent and how many clients he can handle at any one time. Ori, we have a thing, uh, Rumour Tuesday here, don't we, Brian? Yeah, we do. And a listener sent through one, and uh, you are the manager of uh, one of the players here. Oh, here we go. So one of the listeners said that they have a rumour that Adam Fanua Blake will be returning to Sydney. Right. To the Golden West of Parramatta Mm -hmm. in exchange for one Ryan Madison. Oh, hang on. Do you have any views relating to that, Ori? (laughs) Absolutely not happening. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. He is the greatest jockey in this time, in my opinion. He's named J-Mac. James McDonald joining the run home with Joel and Fletch. He's had an absolute stellar spring, and I'm pleased to say the best on the planet in his chosen vocation. James McDonald, a.k.a. J-Mac, joins the run home with Joel and Fletch. Hello, J-Mac. Oh, very kind of you. How are you, boys? Mate, you've just done it again. Third time, best in the spring um, and you're going to run tomorrow, and then you're off to Hong Kong. Is that right? Yeah. So we got um, no, we got Wednesday races, Friday night races, and then Saturday, and then we take off Saturday night. We got Sunday races up in Hong Kong. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a busy schedule, but yeah, we should be good. Should be good to go. So James, were you always um, going to go to Hong Kong? Was this always in the plans, or <clears throat> was it not really? I no. actually, um, I actually finished the carnival down in Melbourne, thinking I've got a quite six weeks up my sleeve with Christmas and New Year's coming up and uh, yeah got a call out of the blue 
I was always going to go to Hong Kong for only two weeks, though, but um, the club's kindly enough given me an opportunity to go there for six weeks, which over that period is really good racing. Um, obviously, we've got the international meeting, which is huge up there uh, in the 10th of um, December. So I was always going to be there for that one, but um, they've all, all they've asked is to stay on or start a week early and finish three weeks later. So it's worked out pretty damn good, I think. So you've you've got an, um, your young daughter. She just turned one. Is the whole family going to go over? Yeah, we're all shipping oh, up. So that yeah. plane ride's going to be interesting on, yes. on Saturday night. First yeah. nine-hour trip up or nine and a half, whatever oh. it is. But um, yeah, hopefully it goes smoothly because I've got to ride the next day. But should be right. Hey, J Mac, uh, just take us back. I'd love for our listeners to get into your headspace prior to the spring. Obviously, you've had a very successful spring, five group ones. But prior to the spring, what was the horse or two that you were most fired up about? And maybe they didn't win for you. I'm not quite sure. But what was the, the one or two horses prior to the spring commencing that you thought, by gee, it's going to be fun with this particular horse? Uh, well, there's, there's you know, two, no two questions about it. It was Romantic Warrior for the Cox Plate. Obviously, it was well documented that it was... Um... I basically worded the owners up in Hong Kong to bring him down. I just thought he'd be the perfect Cox Plate horse. And um, look, it doesn't always work out like that, but um, he's a pretty ambitious sort of owner. And he, he um, took the chance to travel his, his superstar horse over. Um, we're talking Romantic Warrior to, to the Cox Plate. And he got beat first up, and which was a little surprise, but he was just... He was just a little bit porky in that, and um, and then he just improved leaps and bounds towards the Cox Plate, and um, yeah, we we're lucky enough to get a result there. But he he he's a superstar horse, and um, yeah, he was definitely the flag bearer for for my team anyway, sort of going forward. James, how much research do you do in other horses? Like if you're sitting back, do you watch it's a bit like rugby league or cricket. Are you watching videos of, of races of other horses and say, you know what, I don't mind that. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. yeah, that's there's plenty of that going on. Obviously, knowing your opposition, is, I suppose, is exactly like rugby league. So you've got to know the ins and outs. There. Everyone's got um, habits they, they gravitate to. And um, so knowing the horse as well as your opposition in terms of jockeys, it's um, very crucial. And, um, yeah, I suppose it's we've, we've got to work with two of them because um, we've got two brains clicking at once, a horse and a jockey. So um, there's a bit of work to go into it. That's a big part of it, isn't it? Like, clearly, you're, you're a superstar jockey, J-Mac, but, but choosing the horse and the right races and where they place. And, of course, you've had a lot to do with Chris Waller. Now, ironically, both you two gentlemen, uh, New Zealanders, and I've been saying for a long time on this particular program... What happened in the World Cup? No. No, sorry. No. The population of New Zealand, <laughs> J-Mac, is five million or thereabouts. But what New Zealand seem to achieve on the world stage is pretty phenomenal. You know, what's the secret to... All the success from the Kiwis, would you say? Oh, good, good milk. We're brought up on good dairy milk, good farming life, <laughs> uh, good morals. No, I don't know. We, we obviously better. We're, we're big rugby fanatics over in New Zealand. We live and breathe it. I suppose every kid, like myself, I even know we all we wanted to do is be an All Black. And I suppose you start with that and you work out where you got to go after that. And unfortunately, size back put a stop to that but um yeah no we're, we're pretty lucky we're, we're we grew up having a really fun upbringing i suppose and not it's that same year i suppose but I, i'm not too sure what it is but we um we seem to have a have a bit of luck anyway on the on the world stage i suppose so. james mcdonald when you're not the superstar jockey and just the fan at home 
and you've got a bit of time to watch another sport. Is it the All Blacks that you choose to watch? Is there another sort of code you're following closely? Yeah, on NRL, um, I haven't. I've obviously been here um, twelve years now, so the All Blacks have been on the back burner. And um, so the Roosters is my team, and um, I like following them. But Sydney Swans have been good. I enjoy going to a live game with the um, AFL. So that's no, any sport really. I really enjoy my golf as well. So um, yeah, any time I can get out, I get out. I see Sam Clibbenden down. He he's, he plays at my local down at Wallara. There, um, he's pretty handy golfer. Is uh, is it quite competitive out in the course, James? Yeah, it is. Bloody yes, it is. We we all we all like we all like winning, I suppose. But I haven't really I haven't played with Sam. But um, yeah, there's a plenty of jockeys in the jockeys room that like like to have a swing. That's for sure. Mm, and is there a wager? You, are you having a little bit of a wager at the end of it? Yeah, I don't mind it. It's, yeah. it's pretty good, eh? It is good. <laughs> it is good. That's pretty good, eh? <laughs> uh, hey, James McDonald, uh, as you go to Hong Kong, uh, similar question to what I asked you about the spring. Is there one or two that you're extra fired up about when you make your sojourn to Hong Kong? Um, well, I've, I've accumulated a pretty good book of rides probably over the, over the next um, few weeks. So, um, well, Romantic Warrior for the Hong Kong Cups probably the main one. And then, um, yeah, I've got um, Victor the winner in the sprint. Yeah, just just bits and pieces. I should be pre- I should be pretty strong over that international period. Um, 10th to 10th of uh, December. What about in the spring? When were you, um, what horse were you most confident on? Um, you know what? It's going to sound funny, but it was Fangirl. Um, I thought, I thought she was just unbeatable with the, in the, in the, in the new race, the King Charles, which is brilliant, um, on Everest day. And, um, her work, Chris, Chris Waller was so happy with her and she was just airborne. She won by about three or four lengths. So she was probably the one. Now, Jimmy, I've been stalking you on social media, and I've seen you've been getting into ice baths. I mean, everyone, yes. everyone in the eastern suburbs uh, seems to be posting that sort of stuff. I've been doing it as well. The, the fad is real. Yes. Um, what benefits are you getting out of it, James? Oh, I, mate, just because I put my body through so much, um, like I, I've got to lose a lot of weight—two kilos basically every meeting. Um, so just I get really sore the next day and I just go there early in the morning, plonk myself in and, uh, yeah, I just feel great. I, by the afternoon, I'm ready to attack the day again. So not only for the body, I reckon it was good, really good for the mind as well. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, the jockeys, are you still doing your, your steam rooms and stuff or they're saying yeah. that you can actually lose weight by getting into, you know, two and four degrees water? Yeah, that's a, it's, we do a lot of steam room that's or saunas and um, sweat runs or whatever, but um, just to keep maintain a weight, um, nothing's better than jumping in in an ice bath straight after. You just you just feel like you can go again. So we're we're lucky. With a lot of the jockeys' rooms in in Sydney and in Melbourne they actually they supply ice baths and saunas on course. So they're they're fantastic facilities. Do you know what I was talking to a like a, a leading athlete? Uh, what do they call them, exercise science person, and they said doing a gym session directly after the ice bath, massive results. So most people have an ice bath after an event. Oh, you do it? Yeah, right. Ice yeah. bath, then. Ice bath, then Ooh. straight into an exercise. All right, Jimmy, what about that? Imagine before oh, a slipper. I, yeah. Jumping yeah, an ice bath. Yeah, I wouldn't bath. be able to do it yet? because 
the aim of the game is I've got to try and lose two kilos, and if I hop in an ice bath, I don't think that I'm going to sweat that well for the next hour. <laughs> oh, well, get get the down the weight and then jump in. I want to know. Yeah, this, that's what James. I do do. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know this. I want to know this. When you're in the, is there any sledging f- with the jockeys when you're sitting in there before a group one, or is it all pretty relaxed and you just keep oh, yourself? No, nah, it's all it's all pretty quiet. Eh? It's um, it not, there's no real sledging, but obviously out in the race, there's obviously a lot of chatter going on. I suppose, <laughs> especially early part of the race. As soon as we jump out of the barriers, people are trying to get positions, and yeah, um, it's a fine fine line. You know, when you get tighten up or something like that yes it's there's there's a few words getting exchanged and um even late in the piece we all see the goat the ollie just retiring he he was mm. very vocal in his and his at, at the finish of the end of a race so yeah no there, there's plenty going on well we've got the we've got the jockey cam is there any chance we could mic up a jockey like what they do in the in the nrl would you be willing to do that or would you incriminate yourself by calling people bad names um, Oh, pro- probably not. To be fair, I think I think the, I think the Melbourne Melbourne boys they they, they were going to think about micing all the jockeys up, and the trainers were going to communicate with them throughout the race. But I just don't think that'd be a great idea. No, I'd be I'd be fascinating to listen to. I just, love a good sledge. Just a couple of quick ones before you go. Yeah. Uh, your best ever horse that you believe you've ridden to this point. Um. Yeah, that's a, I always get asked that sort of question. It's, it's probably look the, the the most successful one will is probably very elegant who won a Melbourne yeah. Cup, but um, and then Nature Strip who won an Everest. So I've gone from the fastest horse to obviously a, a more dour horse, but they're they're the two that spring to mind. If you're guaranteed to win your next big race, uh, you're guaranteed to get at least one more of Melbourne Cup, Cox Plate, Everest, whatever the race may be. You would choose what. Oh, Melbourne Cup, I think. Um, hmm. I, it was it was a phenomenal day when I won it, and um, it's probably it was um, yeah it, because it was the first one. I suppose it's uh, just it was also surreal. Even to this day, it's hard to believe. So I reckon that if you're lucky enough to win it again, it would be probably uh, it would sink in quicker. And I reckon I'd yeah yeah really appreciate it. J Mac, we really appreciate your time here on the run with Joel and Fletch. The boards lit up. They love you. You're doing a wonderful job. In my opinion, yes, we're paying great tribute to Damien Oliver, who's an absolute champion. I think one day, uh, most certainly, you're going to be, at least in that conversation, maybe beyond that as the greatest jockey we've ever seen on our shores. But, mate, just uh, just before you go, and I don't wish to think on a, on a negative, but the magic man, people have been critis- critical of his ride in the Melbourne Cup. Is that fair? Is it unfair? Was Do you yeah. feel as though he got it wrong with Sulkham? I think it was pretty unfair. Like the horse yeah. is not an easy horse. So I've had a little bit to do with him as well, and he's he's a very quirky sort of. Um, he's got his mind of his own at, at most times, and um, he's pretty hard to ride. So, I, I don't think um, I don't think it would have changed too much. To be fair, he was obviously a little bit unlucky, but there's there's plenty of unlucky stories in racing. He's talking out of his kick here, James. They're me. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, maybe. Get the violin out. Get the violin out. <laughs> James McDonald, it's been an absolute uh, treat for us to have you here on the run home with Joel and Fletch. Go well in Hong Kong, mate. We'll be most certainly paying close attention, won't we, Brian? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Best well, of luck on the nine-hour trip too. Fenergan's your friend. Yeah, great friend. Fenergan is your friend for the little one. It's an antihistamine. Just <laughs> oh, yeah, legend. Out. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Thanks, James. Thanks, guys. Uh, James McDonald Bye. on the run home. With Joel and Fletch. Thanks for listening to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Don't forget you can catch us 
live Monday to Friday in your afternoons, uh, belatedly through the podcast, Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts is the way to do that. We're also now on YouTube, so you can always catch up there. And if you wish to have your say, social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, you can slide into the DMs at Joel Fletch SEN. Thanks for listening to the program. We'll catch you next time.